How can you free your life from porn? You know, this is a topic that a lot of guys don't like to talk about. They don't like to get into the details on it. But our guest today, Matt Sinkovitz, is going to break down how to free your life from porn. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I love being able to make podcasts like this, being able to have interviews with amazing guests. And if you haven't listened to a lot of our other interviews, I want you to take some time and do it. We've been able to interview some really amazing guests, including Judge Joe Brown and Larry Hagner and DC Glenn from Tag Team, along with a lot of authors, coaches, mentors, People who want to help you become a better man. That's what we do here at Manlyhood. We help you become a better man. And I am so glad that you're on this journey with us because this is a movement. And I'm glad that you're here to be a part of it. If you want to grow as a man, you want to become a part of a brotherhood, join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave. It's free and it's a bunch of guys who are trying to help each other become better. Without further ado, let's get into our interview here today with Matt Sinkovitz as he talks about the path from porn to purpose. Matt, it is great to have you on the show. We've been working on getting this together for some time, so I'm really grateful to be able to have this conversation with you today. We have, Josh. Thanks so much for having me here today, brother. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us what you do and uh, help our guests get to know you a little better. Sure. My name is Matt Sinkovitz, and I'm the founder and uh, the head coach at uh, Porn to Purpose, which is a men's uh, coaching community. And uh, essentially, Josh, we help men overcome the habit of watching uh, pornography. Yeah, it is a very serious issue. We've talked a lot about it on our podcast and had a, a number of guests who've talked about that issue. And uh, I know I've talked about my own personal experiences with it as well. And so... Yes. It's definitely something I think that people need to talk about. And people, most people are never like, I just want to keep doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a tricky uh, subject. A lot of people don't want to talk it up. Um, either they don't recognize it's an issue for them or they don't want to admit it's an issue, you know, for them, you know, for themselves, or they don't want to certainly admit that to others in many cases, you know? Yeah. I know it's, there's a lot of shame that's associated with it. And I think that's right. one of the things that might keep people in it. And so for sure. So I think talking about it is a good thing because we can kind of break down some of those stigmas that keep us silent when we need to, to work through it. So agree. So what does that look like? Um, how do you help people get free from it? You know, brother, inside all of us, there is this calling, you know, to, to be a more noble man, to be a better man, to be a better person, to live life at a higher standard. And uh, essentially what we do is we help men tap into that. You know, our work is about, of course, the techniques, the, tra the strategies, the tools, the tactics, and all that kind of stuff to help men overcome the urge to utilize porn. And there's a very practical side to it. But at, um, 
at the foundation of it, um, Joshua, really helping men get to the root of what's causing their, their, their porn addiction in the first place, get to the root of where the issue started and uh, what's keeping them stuck. And, you know, I mentioned kind of at the beginning of this little statement here that there's this, there's this greater version of ourselves that's always kind of calling us forth. Maybe you call it our potential, you know, and, and, and we help men connect with that, um, with that greater, bigger, better version of, of himself and step into that. Um, that's kind of the essence of the work. It's really a journey of personal transformation, Josh. So why is it you talked about that route? What, what do you find that most people, what gets them to that place where it has kind of gripped their life? Like, where does that start? Yeah. You know, it starts a couple different places. I think for, for, I see common themes. We'll say, um, for some it's trauma. For some, it's trauma, such as uh, maybe they were molested or had a, you could say, inappropriate sexual experience as a child. And, you know, oftentimes that manifests in issues around pornography, but certainly sexuality. That's a key one. Another one is kind of just like myself, you know, Um, was introduced to porn at a young age. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household, nothing against that. But, um, you know, porn, sex was not a very like easy or normal conversation in our home. So I don't really have much of an education around sexuality. I certainly wasn't very comfortable around the topic. And I certainly wasn't, uh, didn't feel a great deal of freedom around discussing it. And so porn was one of these things that I found at 11, 12, 13, and, you know, found a lot of fascination and excitement with. It was, I would say, a pretty normal part of my life, you know, up through my teens, meaning it wasn't that regular, probably like, uh, an average amount. Um, but as I grew older and the internet came into the home and we got these cell phones in our hand, you know, high speed internet, it really became a problem. And, and for me, I think porn really took root because I was a shy kid. Again, I didn't have a lot of education or a lot of room to really talk about or explore my sexuality. And I think porn was a way for me to do that. It was a way for me to connect sexually to kind of maybe connect with women, you know, when I was afraid or shy to, and kind of meet some of those needs and um, maybe explore my sexuality when I didn't really feel a lot of, uh, a lot of space to do so. Yeah. And then obviously it's not necessarily the best way to learn about that either. That, you right. know, the, 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 I know that from my experience with it as well, the, the version of sexuality that porn is teaching you is not necessarily how that's not necessarily healthy human sexuality. It's not, man. And it really seems to morph. I think our sexuality and our sexual preferences, um, maybe not even our preferences, but like what we're viewing oftentimes becomes more and more graphic, more and more extreme. And we find ourselves at one point kind of viewing stuff that really doesn't even, if, if, if we stay in a, and we kind of develop an addiction around it, or an unhealthy relationship with it. You know, we find ourselves viewing stuff that really doesn't even align with what we truly desire for ourselves. And uh, we see this more and more frequently with, with young kids. Cause I think uh, what the statistics are showing are that kids are getting their hands on porn uh, at much younger and younger ages. Also they're getting their hands, you know, cause of these phones also getting their hands on much more graphic porn at younger and younger ages. And it's for a lot of kids, it's their first introduction to sex and it's kind of a skewed, I think, idea of sex, and and, and it is teaching kids. So it's uh, it's it's skewing, I think, a lot of um, 
the, the minds of a lot of young men. And also, you know, that has uh, obviously an adverse effect on the young ladies out there as well, because of what they're subjected to or expected of in, in, in the bedroom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, there are more and more harmful things that are kind of creeping in through that. You know, I, it's been a long time since my life was kind of in the throes of it, but every now and then there'll be an article that comes out that shows like the top searched words on yeah. some popular porn site. And, you know, like for a while it was like redheads or whatever, you know what I mean? And it just keeps getting like, then it was teen and then it was incest. And then it was, you know, yes. it just keeps getting like more and more and more. Taboo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's becoming the main thing that's searched. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what happens? It desensitizes people. It desensitized me. And it's certainly, I think, desensitizing the young men out there. Um, you know, good old fashioned missionary style. They might say vanilla sex just doesn't do it. They need the graphic extreme stuff to really hit those arousal mechanisms, you know? So yeah, it's, it's problematic. Yeah. Well, and like, like we said, the, the online pornography version of sexuality is pretty degrading to women. And if sex is meant to be something that's, you know, you know, I mean, I, I might call me old fashioned, but you know, if I, if it's supposed to be experienced between a husband and a wife, you know, at least that's my, my understanding of it. It is, uh, it's meant to be something that enriches and, and beautifies and strengthens your relationship, not something that degrades each other, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You might, you might say sex is meant to be a sacred thing, you know, a loving thing. And um, yeah, I think modern day porn is far from that. You notice there's not a whole lot of touching, not a whole lot of kissing, not a whole lot of intimacy. It's uh, it's just about the penetration is really what it all comes and, down to. And calling yeah. nasty names and yeah, it's very graphic, very yeah. graphic. Yeah, man. And yeah, it will even I've even seen a lot of you know, uh, you know things that I remember. You know, like there was a lot of like racism and sexism and like just yeah, just not a healthy environment for people. And then the other side of it that a lot of people don't even talk about is the performers that are making it are, you know, many of them aren't doing it because they're enjoying it or because they're, yes. you know, enjoying how much money they're making off of it. Like it's a lot of them are, have been drugged up and coerced and kind of forced into this. Yeah. It's, it's uh, we're finding more and more it's heavily tied into the sex, the sex trafficking sex trade as well. You know? And you have no idea of knowing, I mean, they say there's safeguards in place, but you have no idea of knowing if you're watching an adult or a kid, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's really skewed these days, it seems. Yeah. And I I think that that's that's harmful. And I think a lot of men need to be thinking about that before they, Mm -hmm. you know, dive right in. You know, uh, just to touch on that, you know, I think it's like in my kind of journey around this, Josh was like, there's like pieces of my, like, you could say like awakening or transformation, you know, like maybe when I was younger, I began to kind of recognize that when I was using porn, you know, instead of going out on a Friday night, I kind of like began to, I think that was like the the early, like the earliest kind of time of my awakening, like my early twenties, when my friends would be out at the bar on a Friday night and I'd be at home watching porn, 
you know, where I would watch porn earlier in the night than I would go out and I would notice that I'm less interested in really talking to or connecting with women or connecting socially. I just kind of noticed it made me feel kind of socially awkward and stuff like that. I think that was when I kind of began to notice it was kind of not cool. Um, but then, you know, throughout my journey, there was like little pieces of the puzzle that I began to slowly put together. And one of those, as you mentioned, was kind of like, yeah, waking up to these are real human beings here. You know, these are real human beings. And I think humanizing pornography is, is a big piece in kind of that awakening journey, if you will. Yeah. So uh, in your story, in your journey, what was the turning point for you? Man, the turning point for me was uh, several years ago, I found myself in my 30s, um, still consuming pornography, still consuming pornography in a way that felt compulsive. You know, I had tried or attempted or told myself I was quitting many times. Um, The graphic nature of the content was getting more and more extreme. And I, I was I was like future pacing, man, I looked I looked out and I was like, okay, I've been trying to get a handle on this my whole life. I still obviously have not gotten a handle on this. Um, I've tried to quit many times. I still have obviously not quit. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm viewing more and more extreme stuff, as I kind of mentioned there. I was like, where does this go in 10 years? Where does this go in 20 years? And I became clearer through the work I had done that, you know, porn was impacting every key area of my life. It was impacting my my relationships my intimacy within my relationships, you know, socially, I think it was affecting me spiritually. It was affecting energy levels, emotionally, um, all these different areas. And I, I got clear also on what I wanted, you know, and I think I got clear on my why that was a big piece of the puzzle for me. And I, and I got clear on like, where does this go? If I don't get this under control, obviously I haven't been successful on my own. So I recognized I needed to get help with it, which is what I ended up doing. Yeah. So what did that help look like for you? Help for me looked much like what I offer today for other men. I got involved in a coaching community. I got a coach. I got into community. I got into accountability. I learned the the path and the roadmap and um, took it seriously. I put money down several thousand dollars, you know, and I took the commitment seriously. And um, that that's what really created the shift for me. The, the disruption I needed, it helped me get away from it long enough that I could go in and do the work, you know? Yeah. That's an important piece of the puzzle. Like, an alcoholic has to get sober, you know, before he can go in and do the work around his addiction, you know? So that's what I had to do. I had to create a long degree of abstinence and go in and do the work. Yeah. I feel like the, uh, that creating the abstinence space there, like yeah. that's almost like behavior modification, right? Almost mm-hmm. like, you know, for me, like I had a, I had a rubber band that I would snap every time I'd have a dirty thought, dude, like the first mm-hmm. week my wrist was red, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But I had to do that to change, you know, the perspective, you know, and then I had to make drastic yep. steps in how I used the computer and what t- TV mm-hmm. shows I watched, you know, like I, there was TV shows that weren't necessarily bad. Right. But when I'd watch it, I'd feel that unhealthy attraction. And yeah. then that would then. So I'm like, I can't watch this show. You know? That's exactly right, man. So that that comes with maturity, man. You know, Um so like through our process that we offer the guys, we do this one process. It's it's called, uh, you know, 
uh, interrupt the pattern is one we do. Another one's we call is, you know, clean up the field. So with the clean up the field exercise, we literally go through and we scour our environment. We take the TV out of the bedroom. We, we take the, the computer out of the bedroom. We say, I'm not going to have my phone in bed with me anymore. I'm, I'm going to unfollow those accounts. Even if the, even if the, the Instagram accounts that hey, maybe it's not porn, but it's close. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. still kind of, it, it kind of moves your energy in that direction. We have to get really intentional about changing up the way we move, the way we operate the way we navigate the world, the way we navigate technology and, and certainly our environment. Um, so yeah, that's a big piece of the puzzle, but we have to be willing to do that. You know. Um, what do you find for most guys is the hardest part about that process? About the process of, of what? Uh, that, that initial process of, okay, here I am. I, I'm just getting started. I don't even know where to go. Like what's the hardest part in that initial that initial change. Man, the hardest part I think is, you know, some guys are able to do it on their own. I think a lot of guys that really notice that find they have an addiction with it, recognize that they need, diff, you know, further help because the the issue, man, is again, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's always at all times, even if you have like accountability software on your phone, it is always accessible, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's a really slippery slope. And as you mentioned, yeah, maybe I'm not viewing porn, but that TV show or that Instagram account, man, that really begins you leading, leading you in that direction. So I think the first step is really recognizing that you do have an issue with it and getting into some sort of support. That's the first step. Um, and once you get into that, you've made a, a much more significant commitment. You've now got community. You've now got community. Um, um, accountability community and you've got a path you know you've you, you've got a cure a clear path and you've made a decision so that's the first step i think yeah so you talked a little bit about the root and getting to the root of it what does that process mm-hmm. look like yeah man um so our process is a mindfulness-based process and it really incorporates when I, when I say mindfulness the way we employ or utilize mindfulness is through meditation and also journaling so as I, as we mentioned earlier in our conversation today, you know, our, our relationship with porn oftentimes started at age 11, 12, 13, and we began utilizing as meeting certain needs for us. Maybe it was because we were shy. Maybe it was because we were feeling disconnected. Maybe it's because we were feeling stressed out. Maybe it's because we were feeling disconnect, uh, disconnected. Maybe it's because we were feeling bored, whatever it was. We, we, we adopted porn just like some people adopt food cigarettes, drugs, or alcohol to meet certain needs. So getting to the root of it really helps us. It's this process of looking below the surface. I'm going to porn, right? But it's not always just to meet a sexual need. Oftentimes there's a deeper need going on underneath the surface. So so that process of getting to the root, um, again, we use a couple tools, tools of journaling, tools of meditation, um, is, is really getting below the surface and saying, what's going on for me emotionally, um, psychologically, spiritually, um, that's kind of prompting this behavior. You know, I like food is something I've had an issue with for a lot of my life. I'm still correcting and improving my relationship with food. You know, if you ever find yourself out in front of the refrigerator at 12 o'clock at night, you're not even hungry. You know, it's, you're not looking for food cause you're hungry. It's because you're looking for something else. You're bored. You're looking for stimulation. Maybe you're looking for connection. Maybe you're just looking for satisfaction. You, who knows? You know, but there's there's something deeper going on uh, below the surface around our relationship with porn. So getting to the root helps us really uncover what's going on for us emotionally, 
spiritually, physiologically, psychologically below the surface. And yeah, we use tools such as meditation, which, which helps us go in and take a closer look and become more aware of those thoughts, those feelings, those urges, those impulses as they come up, mm-hmm. all, all of those things which lead to action. It helps us become aware of, of what's going on inside. And the journaling exercises do the same. That helps us kind of go inward and reflect and look at a deeper level um, around what's going on at the root. So just a couple ideas around that for you. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned, uh, well, hold on. I got to co- collect my thoughts. <laughs> Sometimes you get off, you know? I got you, brother. So tell me a little bit about why you decided to be the guy that's helping other people with this. Hmm. Well, brother, because uh, it was a part of my path. It was a part of my process. And uh, so I've been involved in personal and spiritual development for many years, over a decade. Uh, I'm 38 now. I've been really doing like deep personal and spiritual development work, hiring coaches, working with mentors, working with spiritual leaders since like age 25. Um, and I have, I've had, I've had a call in my life to be of service and support to others for many years. I've served as an interfaith minister and a chaplain in prisons and hospitals. And I've, I've been moving in that direction. And I've, I've, I've felt, uh, probably since around age 30 or so that I was like called to, and also fully desired just to be coaching others and working with people and sharing some of the stuff that I had been learning and helping other people make improvements in their lives in the, in the way that I have. Um, so several years ago, I was really feeling like it was time to step more fully into being a coach and, and stepping into this work more full time. And I was actually working with a coach who was helping me kind of get clarity around that for myself and my life and what my business was going to look like and how I was going to serve. And we did a lot of that deep work. And uh, this was not my porn coach. This was another coach. And, and he kind of helped me look back through my life and through my history and through my past and kind of identify this root of kind of my, my, my sexuality being an issue. I've had a lot of issues around and um, have done a lot of work around and also have caused me a lot of pain and, and uh, pornography kind of being the, the major piece of that. And having had to resolve that for myself knowing that so many men deal with this, it it being a part of my journey, it kind of all came together and coalesced in me, you know, choosing to, to serve and support men in this journey. As I know so many men deal with it by themselves and don't really have anywhere to turn. I felt like I had developed a good path, a a good process to create freedom in my own life around this and wanted to share that with others. Yeah. I can relate to that process too. I know that really a lot of what birthed manlyhood was, you know, helping guys through situations in their life and realizing I'm still needing some help getting through some situations with my life. And, you know, I kind of had a breaking point of my own, you know, and it wasn't around the same issue, but it was just around generally just like, how do I be a better man? You know, I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better father, a better leader, a better friend. And, you know, I think as I started exploring that, I realized, yeah, this is not just about me. And so, you know, I find myself on that journey, uh, and yeah, I'm trying to help people, but I'm working through it myself too still. So that's kind of fun. But, Amen, brother. I don't think that journey ever ends, man. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it does. Yeah, when it's all said and done and, you know, and they, they put me in the ground and, you know, then that's when I'm done. But uh, that's right. But in the meantime, you know, but I think that's, you know, I, I, I think people don't understand how much porn 
I mean, it's, it is like embedded into our culture, you know, it's mm. everywhere you look, yeah. it's, you know, and, and, and it's gone from, you know, the, the elite, you know, most everybody, you know, like that would worship these people. And now it's like all the way down to like, it, like you got websites where people can just put up their own, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And, mm. and, 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 and thinking that it's like, an okay, you know what? I need to make some money. I'll sell pictures of my feet on the internet, you know? And it's like, right. What's going on here? You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. People, you know, it's interesting. I've heard, uh, I've heard it said, now someone might argue that this is correct or not, but I've heard like, you know, porn just being another form of prostitution, you know, people are, you know, kind of selling themselves, you know, sexually in exchange for money. Um, I think there there may be a point there, you know. Yeah, and, and I and I don't say that to shame anybody in that situation. I mean, same you here, know, same here. But I I think you know, I think you're worth more than that. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure that they may, they're not you know, especially on the, the female side, they're not necessarily in my target audience. But you know, we may know somebody in that situation, and you know, I I think that something we need to do is to tell people their value and their worth and you're worth more than yeah. that. You know, I think, I think one of the best things we can do is have these conversations right here. I think the best thing we can do is not support yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, just not, just not participate in it all. And uh, yeah. And, and help others do the same. You know? Yeah. So one of the things that I have encountered is over the years, obviously I went through my own battle with it. Now we're at a place in, you know, I, I've raised my kids, you know, and I know that there were some struggles they had with it, which I didn't even know about. You know, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought my internet was filtered. You know, I didn't realize they could access that because I wasn't going to look it up to test it. You know what I mean? And meanwhile, that's what was happening, you know, and, and they've been open about that, you know, the ones that have struggled so I can talk about it, but you know, how, how does a, how do I don't know if you've got any advice for in that situation. How does a father or a, a mother, you know, protect their kids from it? It's tricky, man. It's tricky. Um, so I have a lot of these conversations and I also talk with other men who are leaders um, and, and uh, have these conversations with husbands, with fathers, with their own kids. And how do you protect your kids, man? It, it's tricky. Like I said, with these phones, and with the, with the internet, everybody's got a computer, you know, with high-speed internet access. And as you mentioned, there's always ways around it. You know, there's always ways around it, whatever you've got in place. So how do you protect your kids? I think you protect your kids by there are good kind of guardian softwares out there. You know, I think putting in place whatever you can that maybe keeps you up to speed with, with what your kids' usage patterns are. I think that's really important for parents, you know, otherwise it'd be like leaving drugs around the house. You know what I mean? It's like, it really is like a drug. It's very, very attractive, you know, especially to a, to a kid. So I think doing whatever you can to have some sort of measures in place. It's really interesting that there really are no controls on the internet around this. Like anybody can access anything out there today. It's really, really interesting. I, I wonder what changes there will be around that in the future, what that will look like. But I think having good, good filters and good protection in place is really important. But again, kids are going to find stuff. Adults are going to find stuff no matter what. So I think the best thing we can do is have the conversation with our kids, normalize the conversation, not make them feel weird for it. 
first and foremost. And certainly not make them feel weird about maybe asking questions about it or coming to you about it, you know, as, as a father or a husband. I think that's something that we can really do that's important. Normalize the conversation, help kids kind of recognize that these are actors, that these are people's wives, daughters, uh, whatever, you know, children, uh, moms. Um, I think helping our kids recognize the um, dangers of it. You know what I mean? Again, kids younger and younger, there's a book out there called Your Brain on Porn, which talks all about the effect of pornography on the brain. You know, we're seeing kids younger and younger, as reported by this book even, experiencing issues like erectile dysfunction and delayed ejaculation. So helping kids kind of recognize the the dangers there, um, that that's a real possibility. Um, so I think having like making sex not a weird thing in your home. You know, and, and we like, it's like everybody has, I'm not saying everybody does, but a lot of people have sexual hangups. It's not uncommon if you do, you know, I've certainly had mine and uh, a lot of people are squeamish around sexuality. So if you're squeamish around sexuality and that's the vibe in your home, like how are your kids going to not be squeamish around sexuality? How are they going to be comfortable with theirs? And how can we make sex like a normal, healthy thing? You know, we all got here through sex. So, yeah, I think that's the best thing we can do is normalize the conversation around sex, make it a healthy conversation, and certainly the conversation around pornography. And it's not about shame. It's not about your bad kid. You know what I mean? It's not about your dirty and perverted, which is what oftentimes we kind of hear in certain dogmatic kind of approaches to the conversation. Um, But, yeah, just, just making it an okay part of being a human being. I think that's the best thing we can do for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think making sure that they know that they don't have to be ashamed. It doesn't mean that it's acceptable and we can talk about that and say, we don't do this, you know? And mm-hmm. so now that we know that you're struggling with it, let's go this route. Let's, you know, yeah. but hopefully you can, you know, talk to them about things, teach them about things and have the safe, some safeguards in place if you need to. Yeah. Do you have, I, I don't, I don't, do you have any recommendations for any of those softwares that might be helpful? Because it may be helpful to the, you know, the, the adult men listening too. Do you know of anything or recommend anything? Yes. Um, so in terms of accountability softwares, one of the really common ones is called Covenant Eyes. That's a good one for adults. Um, it's like an accountability software and you can have accountability partners. But that really requires, I think, the participation of a partner because you have to use the Covenant Eyes browser like if you use a different browser, it doesn't capture anything. Or if you are viewing stuff on an app, it doesn't capture it. So you have to really lock your phone down, have passwords protected stuff in place. So you can't be adding, you know, different things to the computer. So covenant eyes for adults. But again, I was, I was talking to another leader of another men's community and we had this conversation on my podcast about this and, uh, he shared a software that he really enjoys. He's got it on all of his kids' phones. It's called Bark. Mm-hmm. And it apparently it apparently uh, monitors all the activity going on on your kid's phone. And he said that's been really helpful and really supportive. And on this podcast with this gentleman and myself, he kind of broke down the conversations he's had with his kids about it. And uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about previously, um, he said, you know, one of, the thi- one, of the, one of the ways he approached it was like, hey, man, I've been there too. It was a part of my life. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's part of being a kid to be intrigued by these things. And let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those are a couple, a couple approaches there. Yeah. Awesome. 
So tell me a little bit more about uh, what this process looks like for a guy that's, you know, we, we talked about, you know, how things, you know, how you kind of get to the place where, okay, I've dealt with the issue, but obviously, you know, the temptation isn't going away. <laughs> how does yes, the guy brother, stay that, on uh, track? Mm-hmm, that's a big piece of the puzzle, man. So uh, we have this whole process and, you know, I kind of talk about my process of what it looked like for me and what I still have in place to this day. And it's this kind of formula that I developed. It's called the freedom framework. And it's about nine or 10 different components or pieces of the puzzle that I have identified are critical to not only obtain abstinence or, or establish abstinence, but, but maintain it long-term. Cause that was always the question for me. And that's what always, I always wanted from myself. You know, I would be good a couple of days, a couple of weeks, even a couple of months, but find myself slipping as you mentioned, you know, so I think a couple of the key, the key pieces long-term, um, you know, obviously we could talk about the tools, the tactics, the strategies. We could talk about, you know, getting to the root of it. All these things are critical and foundational pieces of the puzzle. And I think the long-term stuff includes things such as long-term accountability, being really clear on your why long-term, being really clear on the pain, on the destruction, on the devastation, on the prison of pornography, right? What you're committed to no longer experiencing your life, what you're committed to moving away from and being really clear on what you want to be experiencing instead. You could call it the paradise, you know, what, what you're committed to the life you're committed to creating. Again, the name of our community is called porn to purpose. So that our whole process is helping men get really clear on the first part of the why, which is the pain, which is where they are now, what they're no longer willing to tolerate and getting super clear on their vision for their life. We spend about six weeks as a part of our program, just, just, just working on that stuff. So helping men get on purpose in their lives and getting clear on the way that porn impacts their lives and getting clear on what they're committed to creating and experiencing instead and keeping that why close to the heart. So accountability long-term, the why long-term, uh, community long-term is really important. You know, I still have members of our, uh, our, our community. We've got, uh, one of our guys who recently achieved a year porn free. He's still with us. Uh, he, he graduated from like our 90 day program and he stayed um, on with us in our extended support program where we take men either for, even further in the journey. So I think long-term community, I'm still a member and still attend regular meetings at my support community. It's like we always got to be sharp. We always got to be vigilant around this and not let our guard down. And a big piece of the puzzle, I think, around the long-term approach to this, um, Josh, and this is something we actually incorporate uh, into our work is, is leadership. Leadership. You know, like me being in my role in our community holds me to a very high degree of accountability, you know? Um, so I found that, like, first of all, porn was – affecting me or impeding me from stepping into leadership or stepping into greater levels of service in my own life. Um, and, and, and when I did, I was like inherently held to a higher degree of accountability in my own life. So, so like part of our, our work, we actually have a, an extended support program. It's called the noble council that some of our brothers move into. And we actually help them like stand in, in leadership capacity within our community. So they'll stay on long-term and they'll join in some of the group meetings. They'll help do trainings in the community. Maybe they'll be of, maybe they'll, they'll hang out in the member forum that we have and, and support guys that are just kind of newer on their path because that like helps us kind of like crystallize and regurgitate and speak to our own lessons around it, but also kind of stand in, in leadership for others, which holds us to a higher degree of accountability. I think that's a big piece of the long-term puzzle, Josh. 
Yeah, I definitely can understand that leadership end of it. You know, when when you are in a position where people are counting on you, it does help you have a, help, that sense of purpose is there. You know, like, okay, you know what? These people are counting on me. I do not want to let them down. And, yeah. and I have learned more in my life in teaching <laughs> sometimes. You know, when you're trying to teach something, a exactly. lot of times you learn it more, you know, in a more real way. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I was like articulating. Yeah. It's like whenever we have to, whenever we teach others, like teaching, they say is the final step in mastery. If you can articulate it and teach it, now you've got the lesson at like a soul level and you can share it and, and teach it to others and really get it, get it into your bones. So yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big piece of the puzzle. And so we support our guys in, in, in doing just that. Awesome. So you kind of hinted at, and I guess that's kind of related to it. So it might be a good transition to talk about purpose. What uh-huh. does purpose look like? What is it? How, what, you know, I, uh, there's a lot of men I've asked that question over the years uh, in one-on-one or, you know, in, in our private Facebook group or wherever. And I'll say, what's your mm-hmm. purpose? And they say, I have no idea. <laughs> yep. What yep. does purpose look like? Yeah, man. <clears throat> it's a good question. I think that's a multifaceted, you know, conversation. For one, I think purpose is a moving target. I think it probably always evolves. You know, can I say I found my purpose, you know, by doing the work that I'm doing? I might have found one of my life, one of my life's purposes, or maybe it's my purpose for now. Uh, But I think purpose is one of those things that we're always clarifying for ourselves. But we have to step into it. We have to move into it in order to create clarity around it. And I think as we step into it, we get there, it becomes more clear. And it also I think it, it, it changes and shifts and molds. You know what I mean? Um, we our, our purpose might be multifaceted. It might be like, I have, now I'm single, but I'll just use this as an example. My purpose might be the work that I do in the porn to purpose community. My purpose might also be being a loving father and husband to my family. My purpose might also be um, being a good servant and leader within my community. I think, I could, I think it could be, um, it could be manifold, but I think the, the biggest thing around purpose to me is like being on purpose. That's the most, that's the more important thing, being intentional, mm. you know, being clear on who we are, what we're doing, where we're going and being intentional about the lives that we're creating. I think being on purpose, being intentional is, is the more important piece of the puzzle. Mm. Yeah. So as much as it's important to look for what your purpose is, which is kind of your why, mm-hmm. having the intention yeah. is just as much of yeah. I like that. That's a that's a good thing that you want. Yeah, brother. I think I think intention is a big piece of the puzzle, man. Big piece of the puzzle. So yeah, and and that's that's you know we take our guys through a, through a big process around that, helping them clarify. It. And maybe I don't know exactly what it is, but I think. Like, it doesn't hurt to guess, man. Just guess. Like, if you have to, guess at it. What could it be? And just start moving in that direction. Move toward, you know, what it, Joseph Campbell said, like, follow your bliss, I believe. You know what I mean? Like, follow mm-hmm. that heart signal. Just move toward that. That's a good indicator. And as we do, it's like the, the path becomes illuminated. Well, and I know that a lot of the things that I've learned about what my purpose is, I have seen in community. You know, when I'm in the brotherhood, you know, when I'm with other people and we're doing whatever it is that we're doing together, somebody will say, you know, you are really good at this. (laughs) You know, you're really good Mm -hmm. at connecting people. 
you know, or yes. you're, you're such a good dad. I love the way you love your kids or somebody will say, yeah. you know, like, like they'll point out those things that, that <laughs> mm-hmm. help you kind of see it. And, and there's power in that. That's right. There really is. Uh, to me, I would call that kind of like our genius or our superpowers. You know what I mean? Like what are we naturally gifted at and good at? And when people see it, it's like, wow, I didn't even see that for myself, you know? Um, yeah, for sure, man. What, uh, what's the most valuable piece of advice that someone has given you in this process? Mm. The most valuable piece of advice that someone's given me, I think, man, uh, that it all comes down to a decision at the end of the day. And, and, and I, I, I heard this kind of through my own work and my own research, but I've also recognized this for myself at the end of the day, the only thing standing between you and porn is a choice. It's a decision. You know, it's like, you're here. Porn's here. The only thing in between it is, is that choice. So learning to be steadfast in our decisions, learning to be steadfast in our commitments but that, that commitment has to be anchored in a really powerful why, which is why we have to do the work around the why. But at the end of the day, you know, like there's a book that we use. It's called uh, Breaking the Cycle. It's part of our curriculum. And uh, the author in there says, if you have to chew on a table leg, then chew on the table leg, but don't look at porn. It's like you can choose to not do it. You can fight that impulse. And what's really interesting you know, we teach med- mindfulness and meditation. What What's really interesting is we feel like we're a slave to our impulses. We feel like we're a slave to that urge in the body. It almost feels like something else has taken over us, to, uh, 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 in, you know, at times. Um, but what we recognize through mindfulness and, and becoming more mature with our emotions is like, okay, I can be with this emotion. I can be with this impulse. I can be with this energy as it comes up in my body and watch as it goes away again. I'm the captain of the ship. So, you know, we, we can learn to be more steadfast in our decisions and our commitment. And that, at the end of the day, is the only thing that stands between us and porn. And if we can get that piece figured out, man, we're in a really much more powerful place. So now chewing on a table leg might be extreme, but have you found <laughs> yeah. any, any like in particular kind of things that seem to work for people in that moment while they're you know, before the mindset is where it needs to be, is there any kind of alternative outlets that you found that seem to be helpful? Um, we have a process, uh, it's called the four rack formula. Now, I don't know if you have the ability to like provide a link or anything on this. Uh, yeah, we can put links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll send you a link to uh, a free download for what we call the, 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 the four rack formula. And it's this process of tapping into the why getting really clear on it's like it's like in, in, in it's a journaling process that we have to walk ourselves through but once we have the journaling the, the the work done then we can refer back to it but it's this process of kind of tapping into the why essentially a willingness to kind of be with that emotion as it comes up to feel that urge as it's coming up in the body to um reckon to look underneath the surface at what am i really wanting or needing in this moment Again, that's another piece of the puzzle where this mindfulness thing comes in. The urge impulse comes up. My my go-to is to go to porn or to go to cigarettes or to go to food. But what's really at the surface is maybe I'm feeling lonely. Maybe I'm feeling anxious and stressed out. Maybe something happened at work today. Maybe I had a fight with my partner. Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm just feeling tired and fatigued. And porn has always been my go-to. So really choosing to look underneath the surface and then being clear and, and, and cultivating a willingness to actually make a different choice saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm feeling disconnected. So maybe I need to actually connect with my partner. I'm feeling tired. 
So maybe I need to drink some water and actually go to bed right now. I'm feeling like stressed out. So maybe going for a run or going for a walk or sitting in meditation would actually be better. Maybe I, maybe some journaling would be good right now. Maybe I need to address a certain situation. So I, I'm not sure there's just like a, a simple, you know, that's what people always want is like the, the simple, just give me the, the, the magic pill. Right. And if that was the case, you it know, it would be, be a much easier conversation. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it requires work, man. And that's one thing I emphasize in our community. It's not just, it, you, you got to do the work. So the four rack formula is like the simplest process that I've distilled down to say, all right, here's my why. This why is anchoring my commitment. Um, and then really t- t- like a willingness to slow down and look beneath the surface at what am I actually needing in this moment? And then choosing to meet that need in a healthier way that actually lifts us up versus tears us down. And we can learn to move through that process quickly. Um, but that's a great kind of step-by-step and I'd be happy to share a free download of that yeah. for your, for, for your listeners, Josh. Yeah. I'd love to be able to keep that in the show notes. So if you're listening yeah. and you were like, Hey, I want that. Let's click the button there and you can find it and let's get you connected yeah. to it. So yeah, it's actually, it's actually called the, uh, the freedom from porn accelerator, freedom from porn accelerator. And, in, and inside of that, we teach the four rack formula. So I'll, I'll, awesome. I'll send you a link for that. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. So I like to ask all of my guests a couple of questions. And I I think it'd be cool to kind of see your perspective on this. Let's say that you were to run into the eight to 10 year old version of Matt, kind of like the Adam project movie, if you've seen it, but it's, uh, (laughs) you know, he he gets connected with the younger version of himself, but what would you tell yourself if you had the opportunity? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question, man. That's a really good question. Um, well, first of all, I want to preface this by saying, you know, I, I, I trust that my path has been perfect and I trust that all of our paths are perfect. And if something would have been different, then I wouldn't be here, you know, and so I'm in, I'm in the right place and I trust that. But I would also, I would say if I could go back and speak to a younger version of myself, it would be to uh, stay away from porn, you know, because I got into porn probably 11, 12, probably somewhere around that age, you know, I'm not sure exactly when. I think that's a big piece of the puzzle. And also... You know, I would like to say learn more about money and finances, mm. but I don't know if like an eight or 10 year old can really get that. You know what I mean? Maybe it'd be like, maybe I wish my parents would have like taught me how to be more entrepreneurial or, or like had me start a lemonade stand business yeah. or something like that. I feel like that would have served me. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think learning about money at an earlier age and what money's like really about and uh, not getting into debt at an earlier age. Like I, I would love to give that advice to myself as a kid. So the porn thing and the money thing, themes throughout my whole life um, would have been, would have been great advice as a young kid. I think. Yeah. Here's 10 bucks kid. Go buy Bitcoin as soon as it comes out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I think that's, that's really good advice, man. Now the next thing yeah. is what is the best advice for the men that are listening today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best advice for the men out there listening today would be, you know, Porn is one of these things that uh, it's like smoking cigarettes or drinking water. Like I used to smoke cigarettes and I smoked for many years and I was like young when I started and I didn't really realize the the negative effect that it had on me. I didn't realize the way it was affecting my energy and fatigue and my health and the way it smelled and all these different things. I didn't realize the way it was affecting me until I quit. 
mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I drink a gallon of water a day most days now. And, and I, it wasn't until I started drinking a lot of water that I realized that like for most of my life, I'd been dehydrated. And that was the reason I was getting headaches. And that was mm-hmm. the reason I was feeling fatigued in the middle of the day. And that's the reason my pee was always yellow and these different <laughs> things, you know? Um, so oftentimes we don't realize the impact that things are having on our lives until we're, we're, we've made the change and we're free of them. So I would say if you, if, if you recognize or you suspect that porn may be unhealthy, there's a couple of ways that we can kind of look for indicators that, that, that porn may not be healthy for us. Like we can look at the emotional impact, the way in which we feel and show up kind of sexually or socially afterwards, that we feel depressed, lonely, we feel like shameful, guilty afterwards. We feel low energy. We're kind of depressed oftentimes after porn uh, use, you know, is it something we have to hide um, or kind of keep secret in our life? Would Are you willing or would you be comfortable handing over your phone or your browser history to your partner or to someone that you, that you really thought a lot of? Is it something you've tried to quit or told yourself that you wanted to quit but have been unsuccessful? Any of these can be indicators. And oftentimes we, we kind of don't see the correlation between the way that porn is affecting us and, um, and, 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 and the pornography use um, until we kind of wake up to it. So if you suspect or you're aware that that porn can be or is an issue for you, I would, I would, I would invite you to explore for yourself and get into community. That's what I'd recommend. Get into community because you can begin to see first and foremost that you're not alone. Porn is one of these things that's a very lonely journey. And uh, we feel, it makes us feel like a weirdo. You know, mm-hmm. and like, oh, I mean, I can't talk about this. And when we get into community, we recognize there's a lot of other people around that have the same issue. And uh, again, it's a real taboo topic. And we, we also be and getting into community allows us to um, begin to talk about it and normalize the conversation, as you mentioned earlier at the beginning of our conversation here today. And once we do that, we can begin to, I think, reduce the stigma around it and just recognize, hey, it's something a lot of people deal with. We can bring it into the light and we can begin to do the work around it. And I promise you will see a magnificent um, results in your life as a result of, of abstinence from pornography, better intimacy, healthier connections, more confidence, more self-esteem, better energy levels, a greater sense of purpose, more momentum that you're able to create in your life. The list goes on and on. So give it a chance and um, see what's available, see what's possible for you. Awesome. Excellent advice, my friend. So if guys want to connect with you, obviously we'll have some links in the show notes. Uh, What's the best way if they want to be able to connect and maybe have a conversation with you? Yes. So we'll go ahead and drop that uh, link in the, in, down below. I would, we, we, we run a private Facebook group, a private Facebook community. Uh, it's called Porn to Purpose. It's men only. I take a close look at everybody that comes in that community and do my best, best to make it a high quality community where it's not just a bunch of weird or fake accounts. There's no women in there. And uh, we, we really treat it as a sacred space as much as we can on Facebook, a safe place to come in and have some conversation. So find us on Facebook, the private group Porn to Purpose. You can also find me there. Um, and if you're not on Facebook or you want to connect more directly or discreetly, then you can just send me an email at makingpeacewithporn.com at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today, my friend. I think we've had some really deep conversations and some good stuff for guys to think about today. So thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure and my honor, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Matt, I really appreciate you sharing your time with us here on the show today. If you want to know more about Matt Sinkovitz and his path, his journey, the things he will do to help, the links will be in the show notes. Listen, I love you guys. I care about you. 
and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.